They've done studies that actually show your thinking and your brain activities at a higher level because you're so open to everything when you're thankful. Oh, let me write that down. I need to... Yeah. My, yeah. uh... <laughs> Brian and I were hoping that we could get that activity up at least a tenth of a point. That would be great. I got to take notes on this thing. Live your life with purpose, change someone's life for the better, and leave a lasting impact on those around you. Welcome to Finish Strong, the podcast designed to help you discover your unique purpose and develop a plan to leave a powerful legacy. Dan, Brian, and Terry are ready, so let's get started. Well, many of you have gone through the loss of a job, the loss of a relationship, or a loved one. And you know it can lead to incredible sadness, especially as the holidays approach. But if you linger too long in sadness, it can lead to depression and a life of misery. All of us go through seasons of sadness at some point in our lives. So in this edition of Finish Strong, we decided to explore some biblical ways to overcome sadness, and we hope to give you some practical ideas for doing that. My name is Dan Wheeler. I'm joined by Terry Steen and Brian Rowland, uh, the members of Fearless Faith, and this is an episode of our podcast called Finish Strong, and we've entitled this one Overcoming Sadness. You know, guys, I've gone through a lot of sadness lately, losing my sister, Mary Jane. She passed away recently, suddenly and unexpectedly, after suffering suffering a stroke, and I'm in the midst of a pretty deep sadness right now. I'm also in the midst of selling my house where my late wife and I uh, lived for couple decades, and I've lived in this house for 26 years. So these things all can add up, don't they? And I know you guys have each experienced seasons of sadness yourself. And I think the key word is season, Dan. You just said it because <laughs> there are the ups and downs. There's time. None of us escape sadness. None of us escape disappointment or uh, depression to a degree. Uh, but it's only for a season, and that's something that's real important to remember. Yeah, Brian, you've you've gone through it with your mom, and exactly. And I agree with what Terry's saying. We don't realize that it is just for a season, because after a while, the burden gets lifted. I mean, it's it's it's, it's off us like a fog that we're going through. But we we're going to show you in what the Bible tells us and how we do that. But it does. It, it is for a season only, and. Thank God it's just for a season only, but he gives us the tools to get through it. And, and through his help, um, he helps us um, keep keep us comforted during this time. Yeah, I was thinking today how there is so much sadness in life and no one escapes it. Um, it's It's hard to understand sometimes why we go through it, but you know, In the Bible, it says the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. So it is in our times of sadness where we really can draw close to the Lord. And as I was at my sister's memorial um, service last weekend, my other two sisters and my daughter, Kirsten, were sitting side by side. And we were just going through tissue after tissue. I mean, the eyes just opened up. And as I was listening to the stories, though, and what my sister accomplished, I... I found myself thanking the Lord that I had the opportunity to be Mary Jane's brother. Hmm. And I tried to find that that gratitude, which is kind of an important step in overcoming sadness. And that's what we're going to talk about first. Uh, you know, if you count your blessings, 
start out your day doing that, then it's hard to, you know, wallow in the sadness too long. Have you discovered that, Brian? No, I agree 100% on that. Uh, you start thanking the Lord for, for things that he's given you and that he's done for you, and you start remembering the things that he's done. Mm. And when you start doing that, you know that he's never further away than a whisper. He's there. And, and it's, it's the remembering and uh, th- that comes to mind when you are thanking him for all the things that he's done. And it shows you just how great he is. And you also have to count, count the blessings. You know, there are so many, and sometimes we take them for granted. And sometimes you just have to stop and focus on the right things. Focus mm-hmm. on what you have, not what you've lost. And you do your best to turn those negative feelings around into positive and we can do that by our thoughts. With God's help, can, think about a time you've been kind of down and someone gives you a great compliment. Your focus goes to the compliment, and it's almost immediate. You start feeling better. And we can do the same thing. Uh, I heard a quote that said, your bad days are someone's good days. Everything's mm. relative, isn't it? Psalm 103, 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. He gives us so many benefits. And we just need to sit down sometime and take a little time to just count them. Yeah, and that takes us back to that idea of remembering the good times. And that's what I, as I was working through my sadness today, I started thinking, boy, this house has been such a blessing. 26 years here, all the love, all the great family times. And so that's an important step. Gratitude, counting your blessings. And 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I know you're listening and you're saying, guys, you don't understand my circumstances. You don't know where I'm at. And you are right. We don't. We can only relate our situation and our experiences and tell you what has helped us. But trying to find some way to be grateful, even at your lowest times, um, is so important. I mean, as we wrap up this, gratitude. They say if you come at life with an attitude of gratitude— They've done studies that actually show your thinking and your brain activities at a higher level because you're so open to everything when you're thankful. Oh, let me write that down. I need to. Yeah. My, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Brian and I were hoping that we could get that activity up at least a tenth of a point. That would be great. I got to take notes on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to do a chalkboard and hold it up for you, too. But that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Brian, other than gratitude and counting our blessings, what's another way we can overcome sadness? Well, you know, we overcome sadness by overcoming our shame and our guilt. And you wouldn't think that, but it, it is actually one of the best ways to overcome sadness because a lot of us, when something happens and that, that we're sad about, we, we blame ourselves. Why did, why couldn't I do this? Or why didn't I do something different? Or, and you start going back and retracing your tracks all over again. And Satan loves to throw that in your face. He wants to do that so that you're, you're constantly saying, I made a mistake and I made a mistake. And that's what guilt is leading to is that I made a mistake. But the sad part about that is, is the longer you wallow in that, then shame takes its place. And shame says, I am a mistake. 
and you don't you you're not a mistake. You'll never be a mistake. I mean, yeah, we we we've all made mistakes. I mean, how many times have we gone through the shoulda, coulda, woulda, you know? Um, and then you go back and you think about what what you could have done over again, but you didn't. So you learn from that episode and you move on. And I I, I go back to when my my dad. Uh, when I was just graduated from high school, I was still 17, and I was running around doing things I shouldn't have been doing. He knew it, and he was telling me what was going to happen ahead of time. And I would say, listen, you learn for yourself. I want to learn for myself. And he'd say, okay, fine, go ahead, but I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. And he was always right. <laughs> and, man, I would feel so bad about that, you know, because and now, you know, I should have listened. I should have listened. I should have listened. But I didn't. I could have, should have, would have, but I didn't. But I learned from it, and I didn't carry that. Uh, shame. It didn't turn to shame. I had guilt, and I I asked him to forgive me for that. I told Dad, I'm sorry. I was wrong. You're right. You're right. And I learned to trust him, which I think happens just the same way as when we're thanking God for helping us and realizing that he has us covered. We learn to trust him more. And when we learn to trust him more, it can take our guilt away from the mistakes that we make as humans because he's covered us in his blood. And Satan likes to throw guilt at us even as adults. I mean, I have yeah. struggled mm-hmm. with that, but I, cu- I come to this verse, Romans 8, 1, which I think could be a source of encouragement to all of you listening today, uh, and especially if that's you and you're just saying, man, I failed God so much, I don't know how he can ever forgive me. Romans 8, 1 says, therefore, there is now no condemnation. Right. See, God doesn't condemn you. He's not throwing it in your face. That's the enemy. Right. He said, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. So Satan wants you to think you're done, you're dead, you can't go on, and guilt can paralyze you, Terry, if you're not careful. That's the truth. And you know, one little side note to that, I was reflecting on what makes me sad. And sometimes I have self-inflicted sadness because I create expectations for myself. And so I would say for anyone who does that, to don't create unreal expectations. If you set an expectation for yourself and then you can't meet it, then you face disappointment disappointment slips into sadness, whether it's a job performance or even time with your friends or an important conversation where you're done and you're upset because you didn't say what you meant to say or what you wanted to say or or with our self-discipline. So many times I set the bar high. I know that's relative. Dan, you say I have to be careful I don't trip over it. But yeah. you, you used the, to tell me if you set the bar low, you're never disappointed. <laughs> that's part of my problem, probably. How sad. But, but I would just yeah. throw that out there. No. Expectations, if we don't mm-hmm. meet them, it can create sadness. So be realistic about it. Well, some people set expectations based on other people. And they say, why don't I have that guy's drive or his yeah. competitive spirit? Or why am I not succeeding at my job like him? And that's another mistake is looking at others because yeah. we all have our own race to run. God has given us all gifts. And that's one of the important things, I think, as far as self-esteem is realizing you are special to God. He made only one of you and you were uh, knitted together in your mother's womb, as I, I think it's Psalm 
139, something like that, talks about how God created us and knew us before we were even born. So I hope that helps anyone struggling with with Mm self-esteem. But finding hope through remembering. We keep coming back to this remembering. And in this case, we need to remember God's faithfulness. I mean, Terry, we know God is always faithful. Ultimately, he never fails any of us. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I, I was reading in my devotions, Lamentations 3, and Jeremiah wrote that. Jeremiah was the weeping prophet. Jeremiah was a depressed guy. He spent 23 years doing what God told him to do and saying what God told him to say, and everybody hated him. <laughs> and he wow. was he was always in prison. And, and when you sit and read the third chapter of Lamentations, this is how he describes himself. I'll be quick about it. He was in deep darkness. God's hand was heavy. He was in anguish and distress. People laughed at me. I'm in a dark place. I'm in heavy chains. And it goes on and on. And so that's where Jeremiah was. And there may be some people listening that are in that saddened, depressed state. But then the key was, he said further down that chapter, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. And he listed seven things. And I think these seven things are key for us today, that if we'll grab a hold of them and remember these seven things just the way Jeremiah did, it will help pull us out of that sadness. And the first one is the unfailing love of the Lord. If we stop and reflect on the God of the universe that loves us so much, He loved us first. In 1 John, the fourth chapter, it says, while we're still sinners, it says in Romans, he loved us first. It wasn't anything we did. It wasn't anything we could have done. His love came first, even though we were sinners. And in 1 John 3, he talks about that fatherly love. He calls us his children. So if we could just take a moment to grasp that kind of love that the Father has for us, Mm. I think we would begin to come out of that, come out of that sadness. It goes a long way when you're in a depressed state, because when you're in a depressed state, you tend to wallow in it. Yeah. And it gets worse and worse. Oh, this is going wrong and that's going wrong. And, you know, I started doing the third day thinking, man, my life's a question mark. I don't know. Uh, for sure, you know, what the future is, where I'm going to settle down, um, just selling the house and, and all the unknowns. And then with my sister, Janie, and, and then I had to start, you you know, Terry, you've referred to it as reframing yeah. your thinking. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and grat, you know, going from that wallowing to gratitude, counting your blessings, it's a big, giant... Um, you know, reframing job, but boy, it it gets your mind going in the right direction. It's important to get it going in a positive way. Yeah. You think about people in our lives that love us and that we love and the joy we get. Remember when you were dating and you fell in love with a girl and you took them in for the night, you were on cloud nine because of how much love there was. 
Imagine the God of the universe. I remember when you, at age 30, got your first date. We were all so excited. <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, my first kiss wasn't then. That was later. But. <laughs> it was like 32 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, we're kidding for those of you at home. He was happily married at the age of, I don't know, 23. You were a child when you got married. <laughs> yeah, 21. Yeah. 21. Oh, my. Wow. Yeah. So the second thing was faithfulness. Yep. Mm-hmm. So if we can remember God's love, if we, we can remember his faithfulness, the Lord is faithful. It says in 2 Thessalonians 3, 3. And I was and, and I noticed 2 Timothy 2 13 that even when we have no faith, he still remains faithful. It doesn't matter what we do, what we say, how we act, his love and his faithfulness are always there. He's faithful to us. In 1 Thessalonians 5.24, he who called you is faithful and he will surely do it. So the Lord is faithful. We just have to grab a hold of that and know that he will do whatever we need. Yeah. So those are our first two points, right? The unfailing love of the Lord and great is his faithfulness. Write those things down Mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll try to review them one more time here at the end. So we've got the unfailing love of the Lord. Great is his faithfulness. And Brian, what's what's our third one? His mercies begin fresh each day. And over in Lamentations uh, 20, the three, uh, the 22nd through 24th verse, it tells us the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. I think that's a great line right there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the results of our sins, along with the effect of the sins of others in our lives, they only last for a moment. And we talked about that before. It's just Mm -hmm. a season. Mm -hmm. But God's mercies are new every day. Mm -hmm. So when we wake up and find that daily, we receive God's steady restorative care. You know, he's restoring us constantly. Our hope is renewed. Our faith is uplifted. Um, It's restored and it's for a better word, be reborn. Mm-hmm. And his mercies begin fresh each day. And then from that, the Lord is wonderfully good to those who wait for him. And if you go on further in Lamentations 25 through 27, it says, The Lord is wonderfully good to those who wait for him, to those who seek for him. It is good both to hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Now, to wait is not trying to make things happen. We all want to make things happen now. You know, we'll grumble and complain about it if it's not happening. It's a, you know, it's, this is a, a I want it now world. So instead of doing that, waiting really means trusting in God. And so waiting is to trust that even when things are as bad as they could be, God is faithful. And as the scripture says before, his mercies are new every morning. Amen. Hmm. New every morning. Mm-hmm. That's something to thank him for first thing in the day. That's right. The Lord is also wonderfully good to those who wait for him, right? That's absolutely right. And waiting is trusting in him. Mm-hmm. And then he does not abandon us. And we read that in, in Joshua 1.5. I'm reading from the New International Version. It says, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. Now that's pretty good hope, right? As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Never, even in your saddest time, your saddest moment. And I know, 
I mean, we've all experienced loss. I've lost my wife, my sister, my parents, and I know people who've lost much more than that. I mean, when you say it is kind of relatives, there's always someone who thinks your bad day would be their good day. So he does not abandon you. Don't think that God has abandoned you. You know, it's easy in human terms sometimes when when you can't see God or sometimes you can't feel him. But that's where faith comes in. You have to trust that he's still there. He's still listening. He's still hearing every prayer. Yeah, I was just going to say that, Dan. Even when you don't feel him, Mm -hmm. he's there. Mm-hmm. You got to hang on to that. Thank goodness our salvation doesn't depend on how we feel, because some yeah. days we are sad. We are sad, and then He has compassion according to the greatness of His unfailing love. Have you ever thought about how great God's love was for us that He sent His only Son to die for us? Uh, you know, we all know John three sixteen, for God so loved the world He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And then over in John um, 15, verse 13, it says, Greater love has no one than this, than that he laid down his life for his friends. And Jesus has laid down his life for us because he considers us his friends. Um, Any more thoughts, guys, on the fact that um, not only... Does he not abandon us, but he has compassion that is so great it's hard to imagine, hard to imagine with our humanness and our human, you know, in human terms. It's hard to realize how great his love is. Yeah, sometimes I think we have to rely on the Holy Spirit because some of that is just beyond our comprehension to truly get a sense of what we're talking about here. And sometimes I think we need the Holy Spirit to just let that help us, let it sink in to really appreciate that. The final point, and this is the ultimate one, is we need to realize that the Lord is our inheritance. Now, this is amazing. The Lord is our inheritance. We're going to be with him forever. And You know, I have to try and think about that when I go through hard times, when I go through sad times, when when we're feeling like our life is a question mark, (laughs) like uh, you don't know where you're going, you don't know what the future, you don't know what tomorrow holds. Yeah, and a lot of that leads to fear. But the Lord is my inheritance. We're going to be with Him forever. Yeah, how could you not be happy about that, right? (laughs) Oh, it's unfathomable. I mean, you you really can't imagine it because. We're still living on 24-hour clocks, you know, and you just cannot believe in your mind, what, what are we going to do up there, play our harps all day long? No, it's, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. we're going to be with him forever. And I think I don't think it's going to be a, a, the whole time thing isn't going to exist, so it's not going to be like it's, it's always going to be like it's fresh and new. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. what's amazing about it. It's going to be just so fresh and new all the time. Yeah. yeah. Glory makes you want to shout. Terry, we're getting near the end of this broadcast, and maybe there's someone out there that is just so overcome with sadness. They can't see a way out. Would you pray for them? Yes, I'd love to. I'd love to. If there's anyone listening that you feel like you're in a a dark place, you're sad, you're depressed, it may be just for today. It may be something that you've had uh, trouble getting out of for weeks on end. There's an answer. 
and God can be that answer. Hmm. Father, we love you today. We thank you so much for your love for us, for your faithfulness, Lord, for all that you do for us and all that you provide, God. And I lift up every person that's listening to this podcast right now, whatever stage of sadness or depression they are in right now, God, I ask that you would lift that, Father, that you would help them, God, to have that sense in their spirit and that mental uh, strength to begin to be grateful, Lord, for things in their life, and that they would begin to count those blessings, Father, and that they wouldn't let shame and guilt deter them, and that they would allow your Holy Spirit to enter into them, Lord, and that your perfect peace that passes all understanding would begin to overtake their spirits, overtake their hearts, their soul, their mind, God, and that you would, even as I'm praying, Lord, that that would begin to lift. We thank you for it, Father. Help them to remember everything that you've done for them, everything that you're doing, everything that you're going to do. They're children of yours, Father, and we give them to you right now, Lord, and ask you to touch their lives. And we'll thank you for it in your name. Amen. Amen. Mm. And amen. Well, we've come to the end of another episode of Finish Strong, and we hope we've helped you to overcome sadness. And remember, find hope through remembering God's faithfulness, the unfailing love of the Lord, that his faithfulness is great. His mercies are fresh and new every day. He's wonderfully good to those who wait for them, for him, and for those of us who seek him. He does not abandon anyone, and he hasn't abandoned you. He has compassion according to the greatness of his unfailing love. And remember, the Lord is your inheritance. You're going to be with him forever. So what you're facing now will pale in comparison to that day when you'll see the face of your Savior. God bless you. Thanks, guys. Another great uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We all deal with sadness, but there are ways to overcome it. And God has given his, us his word, and we need to just immerse ourselves in that and feel his love for us. Until next time, remember to finish strong. God bless. Thank you for listening to Finish Strong. For more information about Finish Strong and Fearless Faith, check out their website, ffaith.org. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast to help more people accomplish their God-given purpose so that together we can finish strong.